Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. On today's episode, I talk with Nadine Osman, and boy, oh boy, is this one a goodie. We get really raw and honest, there are some tears, and we talk about one of the biggest struggles that women go through, and that's body image. We share some of our own stories, and we really dive into what it looks like to heal yourself from within, and to really work on that positive body image and to gain some confidence. I highly recommend you listen to this one. Go grab yourself a cup of tea. Let's dive in. Well, welcome, 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 Nadine Osman. I am super excited to have you on the show today. I'm super excited to be here. Oh my goodness. So we go way back. Like I am super pumped because, and I don't know if you remember, but the other day, one of our mutual friends shared a picture of us years ago. And I just had this feeling like, how cool is this going to be to have her on the podcast? We've known each other pretty much our whole lives. So I'm super excited. Now I can sit here and tell our listeners who you are, but can you just take a moment and tell them who you are, what it is you do, and maybe a little bit about what we're going to talk about today? Yes, absolutely. Um, In regards to that photo, when I saw it, it made my heart full because I was like, oh, this is exciting that I get to do this with Gina. And then this popped up. Um, But just a little bit about myself. Um, As Gina said, I'm from Port of Ass, Newfoundland, as is Gina. Currently, I'm living in New Brunswick. I am an accountant full-time by day. I call this my by-day life. Um, I work with Irving Oil, so I work in finances all the time. I am a cat mom of two of the most adorable little fur creatures. Um, Other than that, I'm a gym bunny, and I'm going to discuss with Gina today a little bit about why fad diets hasn't worked for me. Um, Also, my love for taxes and finance runs so deep that I actually do taxes for fun on the side. I have a little side hustle and I also do small business bookkeeping. Um, So even though finance is who I am by day, the love for the gym and healthy living is what I strive to be as a whole. Wow. I just learned some things about you that I didn't know. I didn't know you did this stuff for small businesses too. I do. I do. Sometimes I like to even trade services, you know, get my hair done, do some HST, get my hair done, do some income tax. I love that because we have a lot of business owners. Go and see her after this. Right, girls got to keep that hair looking fresh. I love it. So I want, before we dive into the podcast, I just want to give our listeners, I guess, a preamble of how this podcast came about. This podcast is a little different. And in my opinion, probably even more important than all of the other podcasts that I've done because of the topic that we're going to talk about. So a couple was a couple of weeks ago now, you shared this very vulnerable post. <laughs> and I'm going to get you to talk about it. Um, but I just want to kind of give the listeners, my point of view when I saw this. 
So Nadine shares this super vulnerable post about her struggles with mental health, with um, the health industry, fad diets, and it was a super raw post. So organically and naturally, I guess, I reach out. I'm like, man, that was so brave. Way to go. And we just started talking about this issue that so many women go through. And I was like, girl, can you come on the podcast and talk about this? <laughs> and you you were like, yes, this needs to happen. More people need to have. It's time. It's time. It really is. So first of all, thank you for being here. I know we're talking about something that's so personable or personal, I should say. It is hard. It is a really challenging thing. I do it all the time and it never gets easier when you share <laughs> these things. But I just want to pat you on the back for sharing that because I believe that what we talk about today is going to have a ripple effect. So if there are any of the women listening today who struggle with body image, fad diets, being mean to yourself, maybe some unhealthy coping mechanisms, then you are in the right place. <laughs> but can you just take a moment and explain that post, explain where it came from, and then we're going to dive into all the juicy bits of it. Yeah. So I guess, you know, COVID happened to everybody. It makes you kind of sit in your own bubble and reflect a lot of like what, what's been going on in your life and how you can make changes. And I think for me, it's like living in the moment now. I want to do the best I can do and be the best me I can be going forward. Um, I mean, I would, since nobody was doing anything over COVID, you're forced to either have no conversation or really raw connections with people. So that's how this kind of sprung about. Um, we had a girls night <laughs> a few months back and, you know, I've, I heard some people talking about how they felt about themselves. And I really reflected on that and thought, you know, this is awful because here we are a group of like five or six really established on like look really well on paper women. And we're all suffering with some internal mental or physical aspect that we have ourselves that we don't like. So I then started um, realizing my own faults and saying, you know, I have to improve on myself. And in order to improve on myself, I have to start eating right and taking better care of myself and not being so hard on myself. And it actually has been a life-changing experience. Um, I get super emotional about it because I can't believe I'm 35 and it took me this long to figure some things out. So now it's like a whirlwind. So when I wrote that post, I did kind of feel a little scared because I don't want to hurt the people that I love, like my parents. This isn't anything against anybody. It was my journey and it was my decision years ago not to talk about it or years ago to bottle things up. And I do come from a, a well, like good home life. It has nothing to do with that. It's just, you know, I see my mom all the time with great body image and like all this confidence. So I never understood how come I didn't have that. And even to this day, like she will say over and over, I'm like, like, my God, Nadine, you look good in whatever you wear. And her saying that, like, I'm like, oh, well, she's my mother. Like I would even downplay that. I'm like, well, she's my mother. So she has to think that about me. Right. So then I started doing better and just here I am today. I feel great. I have high energy and I am ready to blow the fad diets out of the water based on my experience. We okay. don't need it. <laughs> wow. Oh, I got really teary eyed. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> because here's the thing oftentimes when we feel there's something in our heart, we don't want to rock the boat, we don't want right. to make other people feel uncomfortable. And I just want to get that message across that it's okay to be vulnerable and share your story and not shut on the people that's in your family. It's nothing to do with them in a certain way. You know, you've adopted some values along the way, but dissecting it and being vulnerable allows that healing piece. So man, and that's the hardest part. Yeah. And to me coming out about how 
the things in my life that I've, you know, felt indifferently about. I worry about my mother in that sense because I don't want to be like, oh, you didn't do your job because I'm telling you, like, I'm so tight with my parents. So I'm sure there's certain aspects that what I said in that post and that what I'll say here today will shock them for me not reaching out earlier, not talking to them about it one-on-one. I'm sure it will be a shock to them. And that's, I think, what hurts me the most that like, even though my parents were great and supportive, I still didn't feel like I could discuss that back then. But there's so many other things that play in that. I mean, you can grow up in the most supportive environment, but then society, oh, here we go. Society can make you- That's the killer. (laughs) Right? And it's just like, you can have all the support and you can feel like your parents are doing everything for you, but then all the external things then change the voices inside your head. And your voice is the strongest voice that you can listen to. And if that has a soundtrack- of not feeling good enough or exactly. not being comfortable. Like this is why I do this mindset work because it is everything, right? Yeah. And it's so important that I don't feel like people, like people underestimate that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Because I find like all my clients when they come to, oh, it's not a mindset thing. I don't, I, I don't have time to work on my mindset, but that <laughs> is the, that's the piece, right? That's the key. It's key for me. Yeah. And, but it's key for everybody. I just think that because it takes work, as you said, 35 years, it's taken me just as long as, you know, for some things to really unpack as well. So it's a journey. And I think that instant gratification world has made it a lot easier to kind of stuff down rather than the dive in. Right. But I want to go back to something that you said about you're ready to bust this fad diet idea. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about your journey with fad diets and maybe the impact that it had on your life? Yeah, I can, going back to high school was the first time I jumped on board with Weight Watchers. Um, (laughs) I don't, it just seemed like the thing to do back in the early 2000s. It didn't matter that I was 16 at the time. People just embraced it. To me, a 16 year old girl should not be on Weight Watchers. So that was my first kind of realization. I was never a small girl, not in elementary school. I just, I never was what you would call small and slim, like a lot of young girls, that's the skinniest time they are in their life is high school. And I never had that. So for me, it was a lot of like, well, the boys didn't want to date me or like, it was just like, I wasn't getting attention like other girls. I want it to be skinny like them. And I want it to be this and that everything but myself, I think, which is heartbreaking when I think about my younger me now, but Weight Watchers was the gateway, <laughs> the gateway drug of fat diets for me, unfortunately. Um, you know, I, I needed to lose those few pounds and I went on Weight Watchers and it happened. Then I got off Weight Watchers and the weight came back because it didn't teach me any valuable foundation of how to, to eat healthy. It just taught me that I could live off a point system. Um, the 21 day fix, it's a bandaid. It is literally the 21 day bandaid. I did that a couple of years ago as well. Um, again, after 21 days, you're just deprived of, of, everything because you're so restricted on these fad diets. You can only have X amount of carbs, X amount of calories, X amount of points. And then when it's over, when you get that relief after 21 days or three weeks or 30 days, I sat and I binge ate all the shit that I couldn't have because someone told me I couldn't have it. And I was having a cheat meal, but that cheat meal turns into cheat day, cheat weekend, cheat week. And then you're restarting the 21 day fix or you're restarting that Weight Watchers. And you're just pouring more money into bad habits is how I look at it now. 
Well, I can relate to yeah. everything that you just said. And I haven't shared my journey on this either. So I'm going to be uh, pretty raw about some of my experience as well. Um, but I struggled as well. And um, I wasn't a petite girl uh, growing up. I was more like the butchy kind of girl that, you know, I played all the sports and, you know, I, I was strong, but I was never, um, I guess, by standards. Uh, right. Like, I don't like, I guess, because I was the same, more heavier built athletic. I was called a brute a lot. (laughs) I didn't wear the dress. I didn't do the makeup. I was very much of like, you know, and I won't share some of my nicknames that I had while wrestling. But no, I can totally relate to that. And, you know, I I also remember, um, you know, people telling me I look like a tomboy and telling me I I needed to lose weight and telling me to buy bigger clothes that's not fit my body. And it was always about weight for me, Nadine. And yeah. If I look back at the pictures and I remember there's a grad picture on my on my uh, night table with me and my dad. And I look at that picture and I'm like, I'm a strong woman there. But I had I didn't feel good about myself. I was always looking at myself in the mirror and be like, oh, I remember grabbing my stomach and I like, grab it under my arms and like what, you know, and I was like, same as you was 16. Exactly. But right out of the get go, as women, we're forced to look a certain way, be a certain way, be a certain <laughs> weight. Like so many times in my life, I was told I couldn't because I was too fat, too this, too, you know, too aggressive. All the things that I was too much of, yeah. I just tried to be little of that, including my weight. I wanted to be smaller and smaller and smaller. But unfortunately, that led to starving myself, going days and days with like so little calorie that you almost faint after three days because you just cannot carry on because you're striving to be something that your body just cannot be. I am not meant to be 120. I'm five foot three. I'm never going to be 120 pounds. No. It's never going to happen. But at one point in my life, I strive for a number on a scale and I let that control my life. I, me too. We all do it. I feel yeah. like as women. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think there's just so many ways to fit that idea of perfection. And like, I remember um, when I was wrestling varsity, I remember and I'm a little embarrassed to be talking about some of these things, especially where I talk about mindset and that's my jam now, but Hey, this is a keeping it real podcast. Exactly. So let's go into it. But I remember putting a garbage bag on and trying to reach yeah. certain categories. So I remember going in and having to, to lose weight or other gain weight. I remember exercising way too much and not eating enough. And I don't think I've ever shared this with a lot with many people, but I remember I lived on Elizabeth Avenue and I remember one day I was so desperate that I wanted to look a certain way that I went down into the health store down there. And I think it was a hydroxy cut. Can you remember that? Oh yeah. (laughs) I ordered that online. (laughs) Yeah. And I bought that and I remember it giving me the heart palpitations. I remember it having this really negative effect on my body, but this little voice in my head said, this is the thing that's going to get you to look the way you want to look. Exactly. And when I was wrestling varsity, I was in the best shape of my life. (laughs) I was toned. I was fit. I was like legit. I was also doing my phys ed degree. So I was in the best shape of my life. Um, But my soundtrack and my thoughts led me to believe that I wasn't. And then I became a beach body coach and I still do the workouts. I don't follow the nutrition plan, but I do love the workouts. Yeah, but the I, workouts are great though. <laughs> they are. I love the workouts. Yeah. But, and then I've done Weight Watchers and I've done, like, I have done almost every single program that I could have got my hands on to. Same. At one point in my life, I remember living in Cornerbrook and I got my hands on one of those diets that if you need surgery and you have to drop like 
10, 20 pounds quickly for surgery. Yeah. And it was like tuna, crackers, eggs. And I did that for longer than the recommended and, and did end up getting kind of sick over it. And also I smelled like tuna. <laughs> no, this is, that's how I stopped because I got on the scale one day and I was like, this is garbage. All I'm doing is just sweating tuna. So like I go to people would literally look at me, not because of how I look, because I stank so bad of tuna. I was like, wow. Oh, <laughs> but isn't it like it's mind blowing. But that's like, what you do to yourself to be a certain way. When you get to a point where you're, and I'm not, but trust me when I say this and I'll share more about this as we get in, but I'm not exactly where I want to be mindset wise in my body. No, me neither. I think it's going to be a a lifelong journey for me, but like you said, where we are now and looking how far we've come, it really is so sad to see that version of Gina. Like I remember I was working five o'clock in the morning um, at the works. And then I would go and I would run and then I would run in the evening. I would do a two hour wrestling practice. I would also do a weight training practice. And I still thought I had to do more. And the reality of that is you don't have to do a quarter of that. And there's all these false, I guess they're expectations, but they're all false ideas of what healthy looks like. And this is why I was so intrigued to get you on because you have finally found a lifestyle for you that works. Can we just talk a little bit about that and what that looks like for you now? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, like I have so much energy and that's kind of where it stemmed for me, where I had to take a minute and be like, you got to stop this bad diet because I was running out of energy and you can't work full time in a mentally demanding career like an accountant because there are days I work 12, 14 hour days. I do tend to not get enough sleep because of my job. And on top of that, I'm a CPA student. And, you know, I like to do things like to go out and be here and be there. I didn't have the energy to be at work, a student and to be social and to be a good person because I was so drained. So I was getting shitty with everybody. I was losing friends left, right and center because your anger and your starvation really is hangry is a true thing. <laughs> oh, really hangry. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> My husband knows what is starving. Oh. He's like, oh, we need to get some food in you. <laughs> I know. If I miss a, so now I eat like six times a day. I eat carbs uh, when I want. I include fruit and vegetables in my diet often. I make sure I have an equivalent amount of fats like avocado and peanut butter. I make better decisions. But I also go out with my girlfriends and I do have a glass of wine and I'll order the burger with sweet potato fries. And I'm fine with that. It's on my meal plan. I I can have a poutine and still be on plan and still make it work and still eat all the other meals of my day. I'm not eating one meal to compensate for the lack of others I didn't eat. And I'm not eating or I'm not not eating them because I'm going to have something good at night. So I do feel like I have a better control over it. I make and like that alone when you're not stressed about going out to eat or if you're not stressed about, oh, my God, I just ordered a salad. I was dressing on the side and I still do that sometimes if I want to eat that salad. But I also order the burger and fries as well. Um, The biggest change for me is I pretty much stopped cardio. Um, I was running and running and running. And where are you going, girl? Where are you going? The hospital, because that's where I was headed all the time. I had IT band syndrome, still ran. Like at one point, medics had to come get me from a 10 um, kilometer run because I couldn't make it past the finish line. Or so I couldn't make it at the starting point because that's how bad I hurt myself the day before. And my in my head, I was like, I have to finish this. Wow. Yeah. So cardio was definitely 
hard for me. So I try not to now. I try to lift more. If I feel like I need to be challenged, I lift heavier. I do more reps. And that's how I'm burning my calorie. And the thing about switching it up from cardio to uh, lifting is cardio, you need more and more and more. And you're not necessarily building muscle. Right. But our muscles have so much memory that you could work out heavy leave it for a week and come back and your muscles are like, damn girl, I remember this. <laughs> That's right. I, they never give you that like talk back, I guess, like cardio does. And the other thing too, is that you are still getting a different form of cardio is I think just our minds yes. look at certain types of cardio. Right. And I forgot to uh, preface all this by saying that Nadine and I are not any medical professionals. Oh in this. my God, We're no. just <laughs> our story and our experiences and what has worked for us. We're just giving you I guess the consumer's lens of what it's like, and probably the same lens in which our listeners can really relate to. So this is not professional advice. This is just our journey. Um, so I, I meant to say that at the beginning. So um, yeah. So how did you begin this journey of looking at food differently? Because I don't know for, for you, but for me, it wasn't a switch. It was something very no. gradual and it's kind of brought me to where I am today. So can you talk a little bit about the process of how you started to look at food differently? Because maybe our listeners are like, okay, I can totally relate. I'm not eating enough. I feel cranky. I don't have the energy. Where can I start? Exactly. And if that's what you're feeling, honestly, that's your body's way of telling you, you need to start doing something different. If you're a mother or a student and you don't have the energy to complete your day without being exhausted at 2 p.m., chances are you're probably not giving your body enough fuel to, to do what you need to do. So for me, when I started back at school, because um, I was a full-time accountant and then Irving um, put me back through school and I was finishing my degree and I thought, if I don't have the energy for this, it's never going to happen. If I can't stay up past 7 p.m., how am I going to do a night class? So then I joined um, a local gym here, Port City Fitness and Training, and um, Vicki Buchan, she helped me significantly come to terms with food because I would be like, I can't eat that. And she's like, yeah, you know, you can eat this carb and you can continue to eat carbs and all the things that you don't want to eat as long as you're doing everything pretty much in moderation. Um, but for me, for the most part, I was like, oh, I can't eat a carb. And I would just not eat any bread for weeks and weeks because I would be like, oh, it's so bad. And I would look at other people and be like, oh, you're eating mac and cheese. Like, that's so bad for you. And then I thought, this is toxic. Not only to me, but the people around me, if all I'm, because like, obviously I want the piece of bread, like give me the muffin, <laughs> like, <laughs> I will bite you for a cupcake. Um, and I just couldn't do my life anymore. I was exhausted. I was prior to that. I was in a, you know, in a marriage I didn't want to be in. I was, I just woke up one day, Gina, and it was like the light came on or started to come on. I was like, girl, who are you? And who do you want to be? Because this is not it. This is not it anymore. So um, finally, <laughs> I think half of it is to do with COVID. So at least there's some positive in COVID. <laughs> um, you know, I started reaching out to other people and, and like hearing people say that they were eating more. And all I wanted to do was eat. I am a food person. I love it. A good avocado toast, some eggs, whatever. And then I finally met Danielle Knox. And she was like, you're going to eat six times a day. And even then I was like, don't put this in your mouth. You do not need to eat six. I was like, you only need to eat three times a day. You're strong. But even her workouts, I was exhausted. And, I, and she kept saying, if you skip these snacks, it's not going to work for you. Trust the process. So I literally had to put my hand, put my whole body in somebody else's hands and trust this process. Um, was it a bad habit to break? Yes. Every day, do I have to tell myself, 
it's okay to be eating snacks. Yeah, some days I do have to keep reminding myself that eat your snack, girl, even though that snack is fruit and yogurt, but my body's still like, oh my God, you're eating in between meals and you're doing this. And you know, it's, you have to retrain your mind because it comes from years and years and years of telling yourself that you shouldn't, can't, and you're going to gain weight by eating this. And the, the results I've seen in the first six weeks of eating properly was insane. And then like your mental self catches up with you once you're physical self or once you see your physical self change and unfortunately that's what it takes for a lot of women is to see results first but then finally you know I'm working on myself every day um a big thing for me is I don't really have an IT band syndrome anymore and every now and then people are like where are you going and I'm just ripping out a like 5k on the treadmill whereas last year this time I couldn't go past two um Planters fasciitis, real thing, completely gone. Are you shitting me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a tough one because that is painful. Um, so what do you attribute that to? Do you attribute that to you fueling your body properly? Yes, I'm taking adequate rest days. I'm no longer like cardio is, is if you're a runner, I shouldn't say cardio. Yeah. I used to run. I used right. to think if I didn't run five or 10K a day, then that wasn't like adequate enough. Like I right. was chasing that runner's high, but I was doing it and not getting enough rest and not eating enough food. And then my body basically started to deteriorate, like my knees, my hips, my joints. Um, but a lot of that has been reduced or completely gone since I started eating more and doing better and taking proper rest, resting days. Sorry. Um, I'm not saying I'm not going to sign up for the next marathon by the sea. I might because I feel <laughs> capable, but I'm not going to make running a priority anymore. Right. I want running. You train, you'll train properly because you've, you've got that mindset. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's like anything, if you are doing something desperately without the appropriate training and appropriate nutrition, then it becomes a recipe for disaster, right? So it's you learning about your body, what your body needs, breaking old conditioning patterns and learning new healthy, I guess, regimes is really what the game yeah. is. I'm just curious, what do you eat in the run of a day? Oh, let's see. Let's start with yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so I got up, I did my little workout. I had French toast, which was a piece of, um, oh my God, what is the bread? Something Hills. Oh, uh, oh my God. Silver Hills. Silver Hills. So, yeah. <laughs> So I do. So I had a piece of bread, but I had, I made it into French toast, a handful of berries, uh, some sugar-free pancake syrup, uh, three slices of turkey bacon. Then I had um, yogurt and berries as a snack. And then because it was Sunday and I love breakfast, I had avocado toast and eggs for lunch with tomato and everything. Bagel seasoning. Delicious. <laughs> and then I had a homemade protein cookie that I was delicious. Um, for supper last night, I ate two quesadillas <laughs> with salsa and Greek yogurt. And for my snack, I had Smart Pop and a piece of like dark chocolate with with fake Reese peanut butter in it. That sounds yeah. amazing. And you know, the, yeah. the only reason why I want you wanted you to share that is so people can actually see that you don't have to be restrictive. Because sometimes when you say you eat six meals a day. Maybe people didn't understand exactly right. what that looked like. Or they think it's like chicken and broccoli. And I mean, I do. Yep. I love chicken and broccoli. Um, I had that actually Saturday night, but it's because I like broccoli. Tonight, I'm making a taco salad for supper. Do you meal prep? 
I do meal prep, but because I work from home right now, my meal prep's a little slack, but normally when I'm going to the office, I do have the meal prep every Sunday. So I'll like throw out some chicken breasts and ground turkey and like cut up some veggies just so everything's ready to go. Right. And it's all about changing your habits, like all the things that we do daily and the, you know, and just helping yourself out and being determined to actually make it work. You know, consistency, Gina is key. If you're consistent, no matter what you're doing, I feel like you'll get results. If you're consistently eating a pizza and drinking a case of beer, you will consistently, you know, not be where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. If you're eating well consistently and doing some sort of activity, activity consistency, that will work for you. Oh, I agree. You don't have to overdo it. Absolutely. And the other thing too, that uh, I am trying very hard to take it in my vocab is good food, bad food, because I'm so sick of hearing women say, oh, I'm just going to have a little treat over here, or I'm just going to have, you know, a bad meal or a cheat meal. Like, I feel though that's the language that really sets us in the spiral. Like, it's okay to eat whatever food that you want. Right. And in my opinion, it's, this is how I work for myself is, Foods that make me feel better are the foods that I'm going to tend to eat. Now, do I love my bag of sour cream and onion ruffles chips? 100%. I will eat them. But it's all about also, I know I feel way better when I'm eating the foods that I need to. And it's leaning in on those things too. Exactly. And it's totally okay to have, you know, your sour cream and onion chips. If that's what you really, really want. Have have it. Have it, have it in the the correct serving size or like, you know, don't eat the entire bag because you're feeling guilty about eating them. So now you're just going to eat the entire bag. Exactly. I live, (laughs) I would go from, right. I would go from zero to 60. I'm like, Oh, I get it. I would call it like when they say cheat days, like I don't have that anymore. I just eat meals. Yeah. (laughs) But like when, when I would have a cheat day and I was like, Oh, I'm going to have some sour cream and onion chips today. And then it would be an entire family bag of sour cream and onion chips. And because I ate that, I would be like, well, I mean, the day's already done. So then I would have like bars and a Big Mac. And next thing I know, I'm eating like for a family of four in one day. Yeah. And then you have the guilty. Well, then you feel crappy and then you're like, oh, well, I'll start again on Monday. <laughs> yeah, but Monday never comes because you're so shit. You feel so shitty on Monday that you're like, oh God, another Big Mac, it's fine. Yeah. And right. you just don't have that energy to move forward, right? So like the food that you eat, it is the energy that you need. Exactly. And I think for me, restriction just does not work. No. The moment somebody tells me, and this is not just food related, but the moment <laughs> somebody says, do you, you can't do something? I'm like, hmm, watch me. <laughs> I know. I need to do it. I need to show them. Like, I don't know what it is. It could be something silly. Yep. You can't play with that football. I'm coming for that football. That football's <laughs> yeah. going to be mine. Like, yeah. yeah I'm say right. Like yeah. I even have one um, person said, oh, you can't have fruit until you work out. So then I developed this habit where it was like <gasps> fruit. I was scared to eat fruit unless I like went to the gym for 45 minutes. But I'm like, it's a strawberry. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think for the majority of our listeners too, like, you know, some people are involved in like bodybuilding competition, and all those things. Like we're yes. talking about total body health, daily health, longevity. Right. And yeah, so if you are struggling with what you put into your body and how you're feeling, then I think it's just changing your mindset totally around exactly what the beliefs you have around food restriction over exercising and really, um, I guess, dissecting that and really developing these new habits and working on them because the first couple of times you develop these new habits, you probably didn't believe it until you got. Oh, my God. 
right? Me? There's still a part of me that's like, don't eat the snacks. But yeah, I know, I know now that it's yeah. okay. And that my body and, and because I haven't feeling really, really good. And I've been doing my workouts. Um, like I, I I'm starting off slow in terms of weightlifting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not just gonna, you can't, and no one can, you can't just throw yourself into that lifestyle and be like, Oh, this is what I'm doing. Yes. Start slow, do some lunges, do some crunches, get your form right. Like ask questions. Cause I get gym anxiety too. So even getting my ass to the gym was a struggle. So how did you, how did you do that? How did you oh. get yourself there? Cause I mean, I guarantee you someone <laughs> is listening and be like, girl, Honestly, how do I get to the gym? <laughs> I started small, like yeah. these classes, either at a private gym or even good life because the class size is small and they're contained and you just sign up for that class and then you're committed to going. And that's kind of how I got there. I started going to a class because you go there, it's effortless. Somebody else tells you what to do. You're just like, cool. I'm doing some like body pumps, some like spin <laughs> and like, maybe you don't even like spin, but try it, get out of your comfort yeah. zone. Um, and then from there I started doing more classes. So then I was only doing classes and then it became like, I would peek out to a real gym. Like I want to do that. And I want to touch this piece of equipment. So all of a sudden I'm like on, on the green and I'm like, lifting, lifting little 10 pound weights. And then I'm like, well, look at that person. Like I I'm just observant. So then slow and steady, I started like touching equipment and asking questions. And now I go there and like, everyone knows my name because that's me. <laughs> I'm chatty. I, like, I'm just asking people everything. People are like, I don't even know this girl. And she's just at, like acting like her best friend. I love it. I started making nicknames for people and then finding out what the real name was. Like shout out to Skipper Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what you got to do. You got to take it yeah, slow. Yeah. And, you know, look at the small steps that you can take to actually get there. And I think you said something really important there, too, is that sometimes we compare where we are to where other people are. Oh, my and God. It's easy to do that at the gym, is. too. Right. Because yeah. you're like, ooh, or maybe you're comparing yourself and thinking my body has to look like this in order for me to do that. But it's right. really letting go of that comparison and focusing on you. Right. And just leaning into that. Exactly. And literally, if you're not comfortable at all, if you can get through the door somewhere and just step on the treadmill and walk at the slowest pace possible, by the time you look around and really like observe who's there, you're like, if she can do it, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. Don't Absolutely. go there with the mindset that your body is not good enough to be at the gym because that's where we all, we all have to start somewhere. Exactly. And I think I hear that time and time again from women like, oh my God, I can't go to good life. I can't go to the gym. Like, look at me. And I'm like, where do you think people like us go to not look like this? If that's what you're striving to be. But the class starting out with classes was my comfort zone because you had a trainer there. Somebody right. was there to tell you, to show you, and you meet new people because people start getting chatty. If you're yeah. consistently showing up at 12 PM, so are 10 other people. <laughs> and then it becomes like, okay, someone's expecting me to be there, you know, and yes. then there's an extra accountability. I agree. I think that's a great, a great way to get started. But the other thing too, is like, you hear people say, well, what do you need to do to have a beach body, have a body and go to a beach? Same thing. Exactly. Gym body. You have a body, just go to the gym, right? Like exactly. stop putting that pressure on yourself that you have to look a certain way, yeah. which brings me to a question that, um, you know, this is something that I'm still working on, but how do you deal with loving your body as it is, especially like looking back at your journey of where you were and where you are, how did you really 
I guess, accept your body for what it is and love your body for what it is. It's hard, Gina, seriously. Um, I, I struggle this with, I struggle with that on a day-to-day basis, but at some point, like you said, you got to go to the beach and just put that bathing suit on, you know, embrace that body positivity. It's almost, honestly, it's almost like fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Like I had to look in the mirror 425 times and say, do not change your outfit, girl. You look amazing. You're a badass bitch today. You're going to go outside and you're going to rock it. Put on a little extra lipstick for confidence. And then you're like, okay, I'm out here. You get to the beach, you take your shorts off. You're like, I'm still out here. It's little by little. Like it didn't happen overnight. And I guess at some point I always kind of like wore, like, I guess for me, I, I knew early on in life to wear, like if you're covering up yourself with like big baggy shirts and big baggy sweaters, you're not doing anything for yourself. And it actually makes you feel less confident when you're hiding. And I see a lot of women like hiding clothes, but seriously, if you wear things for your body type, no matter what that body type is, it comes off as more confidence. So eventually for me, I think I just faked it until I make it. I know that's probably not the best advice, but no, I think it is. And I I think even mine, right. Your mind will start to believe it. Yeah. And even because uh, I know fake it to make it gets a bad uh, rep, but I, the way that I kind of do from my mindset is show up as a woman you want to be, Gina. Exactly. Like, you know, and it's I don't think that's faking it. I think that's training your mind into really stepping into who you want to become, because nobody creates that mindset of who they want to be right off the bat. It doesn't work like that. And you come out so fresh at like, let's say, 18 as a good age. At 18, you have no idea who you are, what you want to be. Up to that point, you're told what to do every step of the way. And now you're just out there. Yeah. And you have done no self-reflection. You don't know what you love about yourself. You legit have been taught to look outward, not inward. Exactly. So, you know, I love that. And I do. I think it's it's just doing the damn thing, even if it's scary. And the the thing that you just said about covering your body up, um, I can totally relate to that. And um, I had this amazing woman on my podcast last week, and she has this initiative where she's going gray and she is embracing it. And it's such a beautiful movement of accepting who you are. And same thing with me. I am really working on accepting myself who I am. Um, but one of my biggest struggles is recently I was diagnosed, uh, diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So I'm in chronic pain. I was on so oh many goodness. medications at first and my body just blew up and I exercise regularly. I eat healthy, but my body doesn't match. I'm doing air quotations yeah. <laughs> match um, how I feel or how I want to feel. I'm not comfortable all the time. Like I I'm writing a blog post about I had to how I had to order my football jersey and exercise bigger this this year. And man, like the mental work that comes with, you know, it's a lot. And I'm eating properly. I know I am. I'm fueling my body. I am exercising. I'm giving it all the love it needs. And I think the idea of healthy is really skewed because the physical body and how it looks doesn't always equate healthiness. No, exactly. And that's a good point right there. I'm going to tell you a little story about when I looked probably in the last, it was probably like 2008, 2009, I went through um, some trauma with, with family and it was a terrible, terrible breakup. Um, ex-girlfriends pulled me out of cars. Like it was very, very, very traumatic. Um, and I was super, super stressed. So I kept 
like not eating because I was, I'm not really an overeater when I'm stressed. I undereat. I was living off of maybe four slices of cheese with toast a day. And I would walk the loop in Cornerbrook. I don't know if it, some of you may know what I'm talking about, but it goes, it's a super big loop. I walked that like twice a day and I was losing weight so rapidly. And I remember all I can remember from that time period is how sad and, and depressed I was and how worthless I felt because I'm like, this guy doesn't even like me. Like, we were supposed to move to St. John, New Brunswick together and like everything with the shit. And I remember going home for the summer and everyone saying, oh my God, you look fantastic. Like, look at how thin you are. Like, look at how flat your stomach is. And I would embrace it. I'm like, oh yeah, like this is all. And then I would go home at night and like cry myself to sleep because I was so alone. Right. That's okay. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like when I looked the best in my life and I got the most attention, that's when I was the most depressed and I had a lot of dark days from there. So, you know, sometimes when I look at other people and I'm like, oh man, look how good, like that girl's rocking body, like look how thin she is. I think to myself, like, that's not something you want to say to people is, oh my God, look how thin you are like that. And I don't even want to, to me, when people com- compliment that to me now, and they're like, oh, look how thin you are. I'm like, I'm not thin now. I'm healthy. I'm fit. And I got a good yeah. mindset. Whereas back then I was so obsessed with being thin that I was taking in all the compliments, even though I was doing so much harm to myself. And I don't think anyone around me noticed because that's not me to, to put that out there. Like, right. I'm fine. You'll see me at the club. I might look thin and drunk, but (laughs) that's as far as it goes. I was always like the fun friend, even at my darkest days, I was still out to have fun because that's how I masked what I was going through. And that's how I got through some bad trauma by not, you know, speaking about it and doing severely damaging things to myself, my body, and that has long-term effects. It really does. Thank you for sharing. I know that's not yeah, easy to talk no. about. It's, it's hard. And like, I look back is, at some yeah. of my hardest moments in the same thing. And the, the thing that I really want to break is we have to stop talking about other women's bodies that way. Yes. You know, and my thing is when I, when I notice somebody really working hard on themselves, my new thing is you're looking strong. You're looking yes, so healthy. Like I think those are the words that we should be using to encourage other women for healthy habits. Me too. And the other thing too, is if the only compliment you can give another woman is based on their physical appearance, don't say anything. Don't even give one because some people are trying hard to even gain weight. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not always about losing and losing. There are thinner women that get bullied because they look anorexic or they look a certain way. And you have no idea what people are going through and not even just women, humans, like humans, yeah, just humans. And I, you know, there, there's certain people in my circle um, and in my family that when you see them, it's the first thing that they say. Yes. Not like, oh my God, yep. you're, you're, you seem so happy or, you know, congratulations on these things. It's like, oh, you know, I think you got a little bit of weight on and like, yep. or maybe you're losing weight. And it, it's made me so super sensitive. Mm-hmm. You know, I have resorted to wearing cardigans and big stuff. And just so they can't make that compliment. Yeah, so those or, comments, or that can't be, yeah, comment. yeah, just so I can hide because I don't want to hear those comments. This is really hard for me to talk about, but I have had so many struggles with my body image for so long because of that. Like, 
Right. It doesn't matter. Like your physical appearance, why it does matter. It doesn't matter if that makes any sense. When we really got to start changing that conversation and talking about other things than, oh, you look great. Like as long as we keep saying those things, women are going to keep striving to try to be that cookie cutter that certain way. And I think if we shift the conversation to, oh, you're looking happy. Oh my goodness. You're, you know, that those are the words that we need to start saying. The first time someone said to me, oh my God, you look so happy. I almost, I was literally like, oh my God, you know what? I yeah. am happy. Yeah. I'm super happy right now. And it was like, a, like a moment in time where I thought, no one's ever really said that to me either. Yeah. And you probably will never forget that person. Who said oh that my God. You. Never, never. I could, I, yeah. I can nail him. Even today, he always gives me a little shout out every now and then when he sees me doing good. So yeah, you no, know, I've had that conversation with them about that too. Like it's important, you know, and it it's important, important to be not always the thing that we talk about. And, you know, it's a fine line because when people are becoming healthy, like, we crave those, those words. Absolutely. You know, like if you're not doing the mindset work and you are really stuck into, oh, I'll be happy when I look a certain way. It's very easy to get consumed with those, those comments. But then the moment maybe you don't reach that goal or you reach that goal and you're unhappy, it's like this crumbling effect that, you know, it just damage your self-esteem more. And this is only my exactly. opinion only, but no, I, I agree with you there. It's hard to get out of that mental cycle. Yeah. So for me, and like the other thing too, is that like, like I just mentioned, like my body doesn't match my, my efforts that I do yet. It's, I'm still trying to figure it all out, but like, just try to find other ways. And somebody else's body is really none of our business. It really isn't. It, and I agree. But, but hearing you say that, Gina, I have to say like my whole, cause I've known you my whole life. I feel like you are someone that I always thought was like fit and like had like, you know what I mean? I always looked at you as like being strong and someone to strive towards. So for me, I'm, it's crazy that you've also had these damaging thoughts about yourself yeah. that I've had, because when I look at you, I'm like, well, there's no way Gina keeping feels like that about herself. I mean, look at her. She's bomb as fuck. Oh, <laughs> you're so like, kind. Thank you. And the same about you. about you. Yeah. But I, I love you as well for those same reasons. Like I feel like, you know, and once again, we do wear these masks and it's about when this healing comes out and we do the work, we can actually say, you know what? No, like I've struggled too. And you tell me a human being on this planet who does not have a struggle. And I think it's a shame, and I'm going to say the word shame, that we have been taught to hide all these things inside and to make them feel like they're weaknesses. And then how can you possibly, like just what you just said, we've known each other our whole entire lives. And how sad it is that two of us were struggling with the same freaking thing and we could have helped each other rather than maybe we were comparing ourselves to each other. That's a sin, in my opinion. And I often think about that. and. I've had some time to reflect on it. And I really feel our perception of what we think that other people perceive us as is nowhere near how other people perceives us as. So true. Yeah. Like I've said before, like I I felt like I was always like the fat friend of the group and that therefore made me the fun friend. Like no one ever referred to me as like the pretty one or the thin one. I was like the funny one. I'm like, it's so nice to know that my trauma has brought out my comedic side but that's not what you wanted to be when you were younger. Nobody wanted to be the funny one, yeah. but that's who I was. And I, and I guess because I felt that way, I always assumed that everybody looked at me like I was disgusting or like I shouldn't 
be here because I'm too big and I'm too big to be like cool. And you know what I mean? So I always felt like my weight got in the way of the things I could have been achieving and the things I could have been doing. Like I missed out on life because I, I, I focus so much on my weight and being a big, bigger girl, but I don't feel like my friends actually did. So I, I did ask a friend of mine, I was like, man, like, this is how I feel. And she was like, Oh my God, like, are you kidding me? She's like, you're the most genuine and honest human being. And like, that's what I love about you. Like you're raw and you're honest and like you do all this stuff. And like, you're inspiring because like, look what you can do and look how far you've come and like your education and you're always doing this and that. And I'm like, Oh, I guess, I guess I always assumed people's perception of me versus asking what people's perception of me was. Yeah. That's been a huge thing for me to overcome. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, I walk into a room and I'm like, instead of asking seriously, who likes me here? I'm like, well, do I even like any of these people? Because if I can't connect on a a good conversation level, I don't want to be here anyway. Exactly. Yeah. I really felt that tide change for me in that sense. And that has been, I guess, life-changing. Yeah. And there's just so many gold nuggets there because we do, we are so freaking hard on ourselves Yeah. and like how others perceive us and our strengths and all those things. And that's valid. Like we are, we just tear ourselves down and believe things about ourselves that are really not true. And we're the only ones reinstating that. Totally. And then that becomes our identity. And if we believe those thoughts over and over and over and over, you're, you bet that we're, we're going to show up in that way. So it's just, it's such a, oh, it's a whirlwind. My goodness. Yeah. And like, I was always, I never really followed the crowd. Like if you can remember, like I was yeah. always, I did, I did my own thing. Which is one thing I loved about you. You oh, know what I mean? Cause I kind of like to be blended in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, I was friends. Like I didn't have just one friend group. I was kind of friends with everybody, right. but like I wanted to wrestle. I was the first female that wrestled. I did all these things, but like, I even remember my first time on the wrestling mat, like having to prove myself on that mat and the guys like trying to hurt me. And it's just like, you believe these things about yourself because other people might've planted the seed, but then you reinforce them with your own beliefs. It's so and true. Then it's like, right. And I remember very early on, my dad said to me, uh, you should never assume. And he, I remember him writing out the word, <laughs> assume you, you remember dad. And yeah. he broke the word into three pieces and I was like, ass, and a line, you, a line, and me. And I'm like, what does that mean? Is it like, when you assume you make an ass out of you and me? And exactly. I've never forgotten that. And I try not to make assumptions, but when it comes to ourselves, man, it is hard. It is hard. And I feel like mental health, you're t- we're talking more and more about it um, now than ever. And it was even hard for me to come out about being on anxiety medication because I feel like when people meet me, they just think I'm naturally like an extrovert. I'm outgoing and I do have that side of me, but it's hard for me some days to even get out of bed because of anxiety Yeah, and being medicated. Unfortunately, I was one of the ones who got significant side effects. But when you get to that point in your life where you feel like you need to be medicated and the relationships that you're in are not supportive, like that's lifelong damage that you're doing to yourself by staying around these situations, feeling like you're not worthy or nobody else will love you. So you have to stay in this situation. Um, I remember thinking when I got a divorce, some people made comments about like, Oh, that was quick and fast. And yeah. And I thought to myself, it could be worse. I could have stayed there because I wasn't financially able to get out on my own. And because I was so unhappy that I let this person make me believe that he was the only person that was ever going to love me. 
Um, and I, my dad, bless his soul, <laughs> was the first person to help me try to overcome some of that. Um, I never really fully talked about how I felt, but it's like, he, for some reason, like he knew something that I didn't. So I clung to that. And all of a sudden, you know, I did a little therapy to like talk about why these anxieties are triggering me. Therapy is a wonderful thing too. If anybody is making a decision on that, do it. Go for it. it can't hurt. It can't hurt. Yeah. But what can hurt you is anxiety meds. Oh yeah. The reality of it, Gina, is I spent months of my life thinking every day driving to work, how easy it would be for me to just drive off the road because it felt like the world will be better without me. Well, now you're making me cry. Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> no. But well, you know, I'm glad that you days. stayed on that road. I yeah. really. <laughs> me, too, me too. But those are the days where if you don't have a good support system or if you're counterbalancing with what medication can do to you and like just keeping so much inside, it, it is very important to talk to somebody, to let it out. It is, we are only human. It is not okay to keep big traumatic events and what your struggles are inside, because it does ultimately affect your mental health, your physical health. My cortisol levels were so high that no matter how I could have went to the gym all day, every day, and it didn't matter at that point in my life, because that's how much stress I was carrying. My shoulders, there wasn't a massage therapist that could work out what I felt in my shoulders, because you were literally carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. And Sometimes I still struggle with that because anxiety just doesn't go away. <laughs> like, because I'm not no. medicated. Yeah. It, it's even harder. It's a work every day. But recently someone said to me, yesterday was heavy. Leave it there. And that's so true. It's so true. Every day is going to be a different, you're going to come across different obstacles. And you, it's up to you to decide, am I taking this with me? Or am I just going to work through it? be uncomfortable about it and work through the other side and then like, let it happen. Let it go. Um, what a lot of people, I think they take on other people's burdens and that's something that I did. And you can't, you have to forgive what you, what there was no hope in you changing. If it couldn't, if there was never a different outcome and there was nothing you could do, you need to give yourself forgiveness and be able to forgive those around you in order for you to have peace with yourself. And that's one thing I learned very deep and very hard in the last year and a half. And I will constantly have to work on that because that's who I am. I, I take on burdens. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of women and people in general tend to do and they don't, and then they get to the point where they don't know where to turn. Oh, Ooh, I can relate to so much and ever like even like the cortisol levels. Damn girl. <laughs> I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> oh, so but there's so much value there because yes. I do think it's all related. And yes, we do. We hold all these things in. And like even back to your marriage piece, what baffles me is that I was married. Just kidding. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. What, what baffles me the most about all um of every time I hear a woman share her story and break free from something that was so damaging, it still baffles me the negative feedback that people get for saying no longer is this going to defy me. And because it's not societal uh, or just, you know, approved by society or it's not, oh, you need to do things a certain way. Like, oh, you're, you should be married for the rest of your life or right. you should be doing all these things should, should, should. 
And when you finally break free of them, it's like, oh, I can't believe, oh, you only were married this long, or maybe you should have stated, like, it just baffles me how. It's so true. And divorce being such a negative connotation, like, ooh, divorce, like she's right? divorced. Yeah, like it baffles me how people get so stuck on what society deems appropriate and how that trumps happiness. Like that has to be a conversation that we change. I am sorry, no marriage, no job, no any situation is worth your happiness and worth Mm -hmm. your health. And I think it's going to continue for people to have, uh, you know, mental health issues and all these things until we start stepping away and going, you know what, it's okay to get divorced. It's okay to leave a job if it's sucking the soul out of you. It's okay to do things differently. It's okay for you to be happy. Exactly. And once you start being happy, nothing else matters. Like, no, even if you lose your happiness a little bit, you're like, no, I want to be happy. Yeah. I want other women to be happy. I like, that's what I want for people. I want my friends to love themselves and be happy. And if it's single and embracing that, then they should. I would rather see my friends single and happy than in a relationship because I feel like they should be. And let people be on their own damn journeys. Like it's nobody else's business, which direction they go. You know, it's, and of course, I know this is a blanket statement. Absolutely. There's times, you know, when you want to be there for your family and all these things, but like when it comes down to just people following their own journey in terms of what makes them happy, like be supportive. If your friend is happy or happier because they got a divorce or happier because they left that job or happier because fill in the blank, then don't push your values on them, accept them for who they are and just be happy for where they are. And back to what you were saying about the journey. Seriously, Gina, I've done everything so ass backwards. (laughs) I've changed like at 18 years old, I changed my mind several times what I was going to do for school when, when I did have some trauma in my life, I did leave school for a period of time, but I went back and I finished my degree. So for me, I got married before I got a degree. I got divorced before I got my degree. Then I got my degree and then I bought a house and then I didn't have any kids and I'm living in sin, I guess, just common law with, with my boyfriend right now. But so many people don't understand that. It's like, when are you having kids? Oh, when are you doing this? It's like, that's not my journey today or any day. I just want my journey to be about what makes me happy. What keeps like, you know, communicating between me and my spouse, like how that looks. And ultimately because I'm on this journey, other relationships have gotten better without, without as much effort. Like that's the crazy thing because you're, you're not carrying burdens and you're not hangry and you're, you know, you're not being shitty all the time. But no, but you're being you, like, right? now I'm and being me. Exactly. And the thing is, is like people wonder why relationships don't work. Right. And why, you know, there's a lot of marriages that doesn't work, a lot of friendship that doesn't work. But I truly think it's because they don't know how to be themselves. Like when you exactly. got married, you weren't yourself. Right. And when oh. I started to grow, I grew alone. And yes. if you're in a, romantic relationship you can't grow alone you have to grow together um it's okay to grow a little bit further than each other but ultimately you have to be able to communicate grow together and same as friendships like I have been devastated over losing a couple of really good friends probably more so than I was ever getting a divorce (laughs) like you know what I mean I think that's a really good conversation to have yeah the thing that you said too about when you walked into the room and you were scanning and you were wondering who liked you, like that's the power that comes with, with loving yourself. So when you true. can walk into a room 
and you don't need other people to like you. You like yourself. Exactly. Not everybody, oh, not everybody needs to be your friend. Like I'm not no. looking for friends by the plenty now. I have like an amazing, awesome support of girls. Some of them that have been really new to my life. Um, but I just sat and had a conversation with them and, I, and we connected on like a weird level. Yeah. That's one of the things I do find is that I think a lot of people are searching for validation in everybody and it's easy to get lost in being validated online because you got 200 likes on a photo, but none of that even matters now because I like to have that raw, deep, good conversation with people like we're having now, you know what I mean? Like it just means yes. more to me to be able to have people understand where I've come from. I'm not an expert on any of this, but I just know that the fad diet thing didn't work for me. What works for me now is being able to eat healthy and not restrict everything, do a little gym time and it's working well. And I, I, it's just the mental game that has really, like, I get on this emotional talk sometimes. I, I feel like I'm rambling, but like, I can't begin to express how amazing the mental journey has just fallen into place since I've started eating better and just completely changed my mind about all this fad diet and like fake friends and validation. Like I'm just, I'm so done with all of that. And I, all I want is for other women to feel how I feel. Like if I can give an ounce of that to someone, the confidence, being happy, like it's a real thing, Gina. It (laughs) it is. Yes. It's not just a fairy tale. No. And when you step into that, and like you said, we've both been on this journey where, you know, learning how to believe in yourself and just finding what makes you happy. It's a total package, like because I truly believe you can't have one without the other. The mindset, no. the physical piece, when you start taking care of your body, and even just like with exercising, when I follow my morning routine and I exercise first thing in the morning, my whole day is transformed. Oh, same. And it keeps the anxieties at bay. Oh, yes. Like the gym for me is so much more going to, because people are probably, oh yeah, blah, 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 the gym. But seriously, going to the gym is me not having to be medicated for anxiety. Yeah. Me learning to build certain muscles so I don't have IT band syndrome anymore. Me learning to take proper rest days from the gym so I'm not suffering through injuries and further damaging myself. And the food part, my God, do you know what? When you're not starving to death and you're trying to like suppress your hunger, the world changes for you. (laughs) It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And even like outside of that, like you're more confident, you're happier, you know how to put banners in place, you know how to value your friendships, your relationships more. You can openly talk about your mental health where before you weren't able to. No. The power of moving forward and having this confidence, because really, I don't know how many women when I'm talking to them say, I just want to be confident. But becoming confident, just it really is all about centering and about yourself and taking care of you. If you try to get that confidence from other people, from external validation, from trying to be the most like person in the room, you're never going to get it. You're just going to keep chasing it. Exactly. And we have to stop chasing that high school weight that we saw on scale. It's just whatever you were when you were 17, you're you're a woman now. Your body's not meant to be that. Absolutely. So I hear people time and time again, being, oh, I wish I weighed what I weighed when I thought I was at my fattest. Like I hear that comment so often. Just stop. Ditch the scale, like seriously, get rid of the scale. And I know some people use it like on a weekly tool, um, but I remember like Weight Watchers. I remember my wrestling days when I was fighting in Taekwondo. Like I was obsessed with the scale, like obsessed. 
And it's not healthy. It's not every day, twice a day. Like, yeah. And like, even for me, because obviously you weigh less in the morning than after you've eaten lunch Mm -hmm. and had some water. To me, that used to be like the worst thing ever. Like I would have a mental breakdown if I saw that scale go up because I'm like, I'm always going to be fat. And then like your, your mood is done. Your entire day is done. Yeah. And it's just changing that dialogue, how you think about yourself and just being kinder to yourself. Like, I don't know if you follow Mel Robbins, but she does this thing where when she walks by any mirror, she high fives herself. And <laughs> That's I, a good thing. it is. And I do something a little different when I walk by because I'm like you, I like to laugh and stuff. I can't be too serious. So I do something where I walk by a high five myself, but I'm like, you're looking good. (laughs) (laughs) I always say you're a bad bitch today. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, here's the thing with that. Like you're, whether you're doing that or something else, you're, you're saying something regardless. So why not say something that's going to help you get to where you want to go? Exactly. And when I do take on a little extra stress or something shitty happens with a friend, I go to the gym and I call it, leave it on the turf. Uh, whatever I'm feeling the stress, like I let myself feel the emotion when I leave the gym, I'm like, okay, solutions. There's only solutions. I'm done with all the excuses that I give myself because I have a million of them. Anybody needs excuses, I have them. (laughs) (laughs) The real, the real turning point is when you meet your own excuse with a solution. Absolutely. I'm not feeling good today. How can we change that for you? What did you eat today? Do you need more yes. food? Are you hangry, girl? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And it's almost like, because what I do with some of my clients too is self-coaching. Like that is yes. one of the most effective way to get you to where you want to wanna go, right? It's, it's really having that conversation. And I'm very big on, like you just said, like processing your feelings and your emotions. For me, when I get to a certain point and I've gotten really good at finding that point, I need to go down on the punching bag. I need to have it out with a punching bag. And I need yeah. to get that. I need the physical release. Me and, too. You know, some people need yeah. that. Some people don't. Some people need the ocean. The ocean works for me some days, but there's some days where, where I'm just like, I got to have it out. I got to get this out of my body. And then my rule is I have steps to come up from my basement. By the time I get to the top step, I need to have a solution on how I'm going to work through this. Exactly. If it takes longer, I stay down in the basement longer. (laughs) But my rule (laughs) is when I come up and I go to the main floor, then I I have to be ready to find a way to make it work. You know? Exactly. Salt, sweat, or tears. Salt water cures everything. Ooh, I love that. That is such a good one, actually. Or like the ocean, the salt, the tear, but it cures everything. So if you need to drive to the ocean, take that drive to the ocean. Absolutely. If wedding out and punching bags is your thing, do that. If you want to cry about it, I'm even give yourself permission to cry because that's another thing I find. Women are always like, oh, like I have to be less emotional. And they're always saying, you know, you're too emotional. But like be let yourself feel those emotions because it is detrimental to your mental health if you're bottling everything up all the time. Absolutely. And that was one thing that I really struggled with because I was always told I was too emotional and I have a big fucking heart. Yes, and you do. <laughs> I love on people and I cry. Like when I see somebody else cry, I, as you just saw, like I get emotional. Like, <laughs> I know, I, like virtual hug. <laughs> you. But, it, but I used to look at that as a weakness. Now I'm like, no, no, no. That's my superpower. Like my, exactly. my superpower is that I have a big heart and I love on people. And you know what? It, it's, I'm not ashamed of it anymore for, exactly. for so many years of my life. I thought it was considered a weakness. So me too. Me too. Yeah. And I think whoever's listening to this, if you feel that way, no, your emotions are your superpowers. And it was make, it gives you that empathy. 
Like a exactly. lot of people don't have that. Like that's a beautiful thing when you can relate to another human being in such a deep level. That's a gift. That's not a curse. And that's kind of where I strive to be with all relationships because I notice a lot of people don't actually know me. There's so many, and I'm sure you feel the same even having this conversation. Like yeah. a lot of people, I, I am harsh. I'm not even going to deny it because I do have a hard side, but that soft side, she is in there and I have been letting her out more <laughs> and she's been taking the wheel sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I even cried a little at spin because I'm like, oh my God, this journey. I don't know what it is about my spin instructor, but he really like, he hits you in the feels every Tuesday. <laughs> every Tuesday. Tuesday is my cry day. Oh, sorry, Evan. <laughs> but it is, it's such, it's such a good thing because, uh, you know, like you said, like me growing up, like I had to grow up very quick. I've had yes. a lot of stuff happen in my life and yeah. I've had a mask where I was like tough girl, you know, and I yeah. am still very freaking tough and resilient is my middle name. <laughs> That's probably uh, how we connected back then. 100%. We were, we were rough and we were tough and we can handle, you know, but, and that can definitely be a piece of us, but we got to embrace all of us. Exactly. Every, every part of us is a beautiful thing. Not just the toughness, not just, a, you know, you can get shit done, but like that hurt, that love, that having a cry, you know, sometimes like I'm sitting here, like before I got on, I'm like, I'm about to pop on a call with Nadine. Like, how is this my life? <laughs> we're going to talk about something that's going to be so powerful for women to help them with their yeah. body image issues. You know, it, it's, it's, you know, and I think that's beautiful. If you can, and it's still so new to me as well. Like when I made yeah. that post, it took me a week and a half to make this post. Yeah. I sat on my couch and cried 400 times for like six hours. Yeah. Um, because I thought some of this shouldn't even be out there. Like what, what is my mom going to think? Like, I hope she don't think it's her fault. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I was like, no, I like this needs to be said. I need to say it. This is my journey. This is why I'm where I am. And so many other women were had reached out. Like it was insane. The messages that people reaching out saying me too. And like, now I see posts going up all over the place of women that had initially reached out to me and they're giving their truth. And some of them I already knew. I knew they were struggling because we've had conversations, but it, it just makes me sad at how many women don't see themselves in the light that other people see them in, because a lot of it is your own perception of yourself and it's not the reality. I agree. And one of the things too, cause I remember when I initially wrote you, one of the things you said was like, you felt so much relief. Oh my God. Seriously. I, 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 today I feel lighter. I know it was the right decision. Yeah. And I think it's just breaking those norms and those, Oh, this shouldn't be out there. Like why shouldn't it be? Right. Everybody goes through trauma. Everybody has family shit. Everybody has stuff in their closet. They don't want to think about. You can't keep bringing other people's or feeling embarrassed because of other situations and things that happen around you. Like absolutely things out of your control. You you really do have to forgive yourself some forgiveness and start to heal because if you don't forgive of something that you couldn't change, you're not going to start that healing process. Absolutely. You got to look at it. Exactly. And even healing process, I'm not saying just trauma. I'm just saying that could be, you know, how you've been treating yourself and what you say to yourself, because I see time and time again, people comparing themselves because they're not a certain weight. They're not at a certain place in their life. Their journey isn't the same as what society feels like we should be. Yeah. And it, it is sad that that's where we are. It is in life as, as a group of human beings. But I think continuing to have these conversations and sharing our stories yes. and you know, ruffling a few feathers. And I'm not talking about like airing your dirty laundry on the, no, my oh, God, I'm not saying no. that. Like, or, or, like 
putting people down. That's not what I'm saying, but exactly. you've got to be true to your story. And if talking about these things and it allows you some freedom where you're sharing who you are as a person and what you've been through, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, exactly. like you said, the ripple effect that you're having just by sharing your story is giving other women permission to love themselves a little deeper, to maybe put in an extra little bit of love for themselves to maybe fuel their body properly, to maybe go to the gym for the very first time. Exactly. I know a few people already has, you know, I'm with the clean fork. So I yeah. got a meal plan and like I started with a workout from Danielle because it's hard to go to the gym and know what you're doing with all of this equipment and beautiful muscular men. Distractions. I'm like, oh, is this, is this a distraction? <laughs> no, <laughs> but seriously, it's hard. Like I don't, I didn't know where to begin. I'm yeah. like, oh, it's a dumbbell. <laughs> right I'm like now I can squat like 175 pounds I make it look like it's a no big deal I'm like let's do this that's and freaking me, amazing that gives me so much power like yes. I just feel so powerful when I'm yeah. at the gym and just hammering out my workout and I feel so yeah. good the sweatier the better <laughs> I'm the same way and like even with my martial arts and stuff like I get such a high oh isn't it it just uh, I don't know it just it just makes me and for me it's strong like I just want to feel yeah. strong and when I can pound out a good workout and when I can feel my body and you know for me it's is really wanting to step back into that. And like I say, I still have a way to go with the body and I'm trying to be kind to it. And it's really hard when you are, for me, I'm used to my body looking and feeling a certain way. And now because right. of, and I do believe that I am sick because of all the trauma and because I've, I've suppressed so many things down my whole entire life that because I was taught, you don't talk about shit. You don't. Exactly. You that's it a in. real thing. I've, I've yeah. actually done some reading on that. I'm like, yeah. again, I'm not an expert, but that's a real thing. If it is taking on, because at some point, Gina, your level and my level of stress, we don't even consider it to be stress because we're, we're here all the time. Yeah. So when you start to let that go, that's when you realize how much pressure and stress and what happens when you keep things embodied inside. Yeah. Like it really isn't good. Like it's when not I started talking about it that's when everything else fell into place. Because, 100%. Yeah. And we're only human. We yes. all got to give yep. ourselves some credit for that. Like we are a complex human. We're not always going to be the best of health. We're going to get colds and injuries, but you just have to understand that you're not meant to do this in 21 no. days. You're never going to have your gym body in 21 days or any sort of anything in 21 days. Yeah. Can you develop a habit? Yes. Can you achieve something insane? Yes, but it's always going to be a work in progress. And it's, yeah. a and it's knowing you need to put in consistency, be good to yourself. And every you're going to have bad days. They happen. Absolutely. It's just how you get over these bad days, how you get yeah. over these obstacles. And I think it's letting go of that perfection piece, like you just said. Yes. It's never going, you're never going to reach your destination in terms of health. Oh my God. You know, God. like you're always going to be looking, like it's not something that you start and finish. It's something that, you know what, you're committed to this for long term. Same exactly. thing with, and I, and I really want to normalize as much as we talk about physical health, I want to talk about emo, emotional mental health. Oh, a hundred percent. Because it's hand in hand for me. It is, but I think for every single person, it goes hand in hand. So it's looking at, okay, the physical piece, absolutely. But the mental piece and what you say to yourself on a daily basis what you think about yourself, um, how you think about food, how you think about movement. Is it punishment or are you moving your body because yeah. you can? Like, I just think that these two yeah. worlds need to be looked at as two, not separate. Yes. And stop making working out like this chore. It doesn't exactly. have to be that way. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. If that's yes. like, 
I'm not saying every woman out there has to lift weight. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm saying. You should, but not. <laughs> you should, yeah. <laughs> it's effective. Uh, but like, you know what I mean? Find yeah. something that works for you in terms of exercise. If, you know, if that's your yoga or your this or your that, find something that works for you because that 30 minutes of exercise brings so much clarity to the Absolutely. rest of your day. And I say to my clients, because I bring the physical and the mental together <laughs> and I'm like, just move your body. Like, what do you like to do? Yeah. If you don't like playing football, I don't want you to you go play. play. Don't play football. <laughs> I love football. But like, if that's yeah. the thing and it's going to be punishment, you're going to be in hell for the full time you're there. But yet you could go and do yoga for an hour. Do what you like. Stop exactly. letting society tell you what you should do and tap into what makes you happy and do exactly. that. And don't make it a chore. Enjoy no. it. Like if it's a chore, you're literally the whole time. You're like, I want to get the F out of here. Like get me yeah. out of here. Don't yeah. have that mindset. Just relax. Enjoy it. Take your yeah. me time. It's you time. Absolutely. And one of the things that I shifted and I did this when I was a Beachbody coach is, is not that I have to, it's I get to even changing, I get to. Yes. Right? even just changing like simple thought structures to ones that are more, I'm doing positive air quotes again but just ones that feel better, right? It's, it's, just, it's a game changer for sure. It is. But I want it, and I know I probably shouldn't open this can of worms, but I feel that you and I have the same, this is like totally off on a different tangent, but I feel <laughs> you made reference to it a little while ago and I feel that we both go through this and it causes stress when it's brought up. So I said, hey, let's just talk about it. Let's talk about the kid thing. Okay, yes. Oh my God. So (laughs) it's a hard topic. And I know um, like a lot of people who've come to me because I don't have biological children. I have a daughter who's 27. She is my stepdaughter. If you, if you can resonate with that better, but she is my daughter. She is 27. I thought we were only 27. (laughs) (laughs) I wish. But God, it's funny when we're together, she was just down. And then when I introduce her and I'm like, she's 27. I'm like, oh my God, I've been in her life like for so long. But I really want to dive into this because you're choosing not to have kids. Yes. My husband and I are choosing not to have biological children together either. What would you say is your biggest struggle with making that decision? Um, For me, it's just how other people like treat my mom, honestly, Um, because I can handle it. I don't mind telling people when they should mind their own business. Um, It's, really not like if they want to ask me if I'm having kids then I'm fully going to be like well I shit today as well that was brown like I'm <laughs> going to make them as uncomfortable as possible because I just I think it's a little rude to be asking someone that because you don't know what exactly. their personal struggles could be but a couple of people have said to my mom like oh you know I feel so sorry for you you don't have grandkids I'm like excuse me or they'll act like what I do doesn't matter like um, oh, she puts her career. I hear this a lot. Like she puts her career before having children. Yeah. You know, I, I do because that's what I love. I love what I do for a living. I love being an accountant. I don't think I've worked too many days in my life because I've chosen something that I'm passionate about. So I don't mind working long hours and, and, and hustling and building a life for myself. But for me, like, I don't, I look at other mothers and I'm like, I don't have that to give. I don't, I don't, I'm, it's not because I'm selfish or whatever. It's because I just don't choose that lifestyle. I don't, that's not the life I want for myself. Um, being up here in New Brunswick, I don't have any family. So I'm like solely responsible for a human. I don't really feel like I need to be 
I like leaving my cats for a couple of days and and doing me and, you know, they don't starve to death. <laughs> I, I don't know, Gina, from an early age, I just don't feel like I had that maternal instinct to give. Like, I really don't. I have two wonderful little godsons. Um, and my friend Heather is like the best mom I feel like anyone could ever possibly be. And I say to her all the time, like, that's not me. That's not my journey. That's her journey. And I'm so thankful that she looks after my kids. <laughs> I love that. But you know what? And I, I really respect you for keeping that boundary in place when people are questioning it. And the main reason why I brought it up, because I'm hoping to bring some awareness to people who are listening who might have, I guess, might have said some things to people who choose to not have children. Right. Um, I get a lot believe it or not. And I get some, Oh, I'm going to get real raw here. <laughs> yes, do it. I, uh, I get a lot of, but I also have gotten, um, some comments along the lines of, are you going to have any of your own children or real children or almost like dismissing as if Chantel is not my child. And yeah. you know, while biologically she is not my child, um, she is my child. She's my daughter. Exactly. And I really, I, I struggle sometimes with some of the comments that are said to me. Um, and it's very easily kind of shoved under the rug, like on Mother's Day or on yeah. all these special days, you know, where it's not like you're forgotten about, but it's like people don't really see you as a mother or they say comments that are just like, no, no, when are you going to have like your own children? Oh, my favorite comment is, you don't understand love until you've had your own kid or yes. because I don't want kids. They'll say it's different when they're yours. <laughs> no, there's still going to be things in my house. I don't want here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, that too. The whole, you don't know love. Yes. Yeah. That, that bothers me. That me shakes too. me to my core. And the other thing too, is that just forcing an opinion. Oh, like you're going to regret that. Or even there's still some people in my life that say, Oh, if you ever had children, then you would know what it's like. And these kind of comments that I just think are so unproductive and really it's nobody else's business. And I'm bringing this up once again, because of the whole idea of society and how you should be living right. your life. It's really nobody else's business. If you choose to have children or if you don't, it's not even the finding, like it's a huge responsibility. And I just feel I am taking it upon myself to say, this isn't your journey. This isn't yep. for you. These aren't the responsibilities that could I handle them? I'm sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I had to, I absolutely would. But yep. being able to say, no, that's not for me. That's not the path in life I want. Yeah. To me is also empowering. And oh my it's God, yes. people to understand. And I, and I do feel like I have unconditional love. Like every animal I've ever taken in has had some serious issues. Yeah. So I, and I'm not saying, you know, comparing animal to children, but I just feel like I have other purposes in life than being a mother. And yeah. you have other purposes in life than having your own children as well. And yeah. that doesn't make us any less of a woman or any less important to society. And I think women here were our own biggest enemies here because those with children, they seem like they feel like they have something to prove because they had a child or if they stepped down from their career, like yeah. they prove something. But us with no children, we also go out to prove something. I think so, too. And I think it's like we really need to kind of take a step back and be OK with what people are choosing to do with their life. 
Exactly. Like I am never going to look at a mom and go, Oh my goodness. I can't believe you had children. Like, can you oh, imagine? Start. I'm just kidding. I'm you know, just kidding. <laughs> not, right. not my style, but can you imagine if like we started doing that? Like that's, that's not appropriate. It's none of my business what other people decide to do and vice versa. Right. But it feels like society thinks it's okay to ask us why we don't have kids or when we're going to have kids. Yeah. Or like, and your life is not going to be complete until you have children. And the other thing is, is like, you have no idea if a woman may not be able to have a child, there could be, exactly. you don't owe it to anybody to explain if you can have children for any other reason. So it's just something that I knew that you talk about and that oh I talk God, about, yes. you know, and just want to bring a little bit of awareness that if you are a person and you have someone in your life who's choosing not to have kids, please don't make it about you and push your societal ideals of what you think is appropriate for them to do. Because, you know, I, I truly feel that would I be a fantastic mother? Yes, I do think I am. I know that because I'm a great mom to Chantel. However, if I had my own biological child, there's things about that right now that is just like, I would, it's not a decision that I want to make. I exactly. don't have my health entirely. There's so many other things at play and I shouldn't have to explain myself just as well as a woman who decides to have a children, she don't go off and have to list a reason of why she's having children. Exactly. But it's just challenging these norms of just because we've, we've always done it, that doesn't make it right. And I think that's super important um, because sometimes I wonder if people have put thought into why they're having children. I feel like it, it becomes a not so much. I'm not saying that they're not like, oh, I'm, I don't know if I should, but I feel like it's it's we're so forced to, to feel like we should. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of women do have kids and they don't even know why they want them or they get yeah. overwhelmed or like, you know, bad things and that like neglect and things like that happen because I feel like it's force fed to us. Like, oh, you're a woman. You should have children by, yes. by like this amount. So people are like, I'm just going to have a kid. I don't know why, but I'm yeah. having kids. I may not be ready, but here I go, right. you know, and I, I think it like to some, I guess, this whole entire conversation up is that. It's okay to blur the lines. It's okay to yes. follow your heart. It's okay to do things differently. It's okay not to just follow suit and do what society tells you to do. And I think that true happiness is going to come from you exploring what you want as a human and what and who you want to be. And when you exactly. do that, you can really tap into who you are. And then that creates that happiness and confidence that most people are looking for. And for me, Gina, once I realized that my journey is mine, no one else pays my bills. Like I'm living my life the way I want to live it. I'm super happy. I'm happy in the relationships that I keep. I'm happy with, you know, my family life, my home life, my work life is taking off. Um, I think my coworkers are satisfied even more because I'm like up and at it and on top of my things. Yes. You know, once you realize that you don't need validation from anybody else and like you're living your own journey and your own truth and you could be that genuine person, I seriously feel like, like I've flown from the nest for the very first time. Aww. Like all these years, I was literally like a bird with my wings clipped. And if you can't fly, you can't achieve great things for yourself. That is beautiful. There's your mic drop moment. <laughs> That's a great way to kind of bring it all together. Now, I do want to ask you one question before we dive into the rapid fire um, uh, questions, which is one of my favorite parts. Ooh. But if you could tell your younger self one thing right now, like if you could go back in time, what would you tell your younger self? Oh, my goodness. My younger self. Honestly, I would just tell her to be nicer to herself, be more accepting of who she is. And instead of listening to all the other voices, 
listen to yourself, what you want to do. Like, what is it that you're passionate about? I wish I was earlier in life when I realized a couple of things. And I wish I was earlier in life when I regained that confidence and to know that you don't have to do a certain thing or be a certain way for others to like you because those who like you, like you regardless. Oh, that is so beautiful. And on a funny note. Yeah. 2004, Nadine, everyone's going to want that ass 20 years later. (laughs) Seriously, like we're living in this age where I'm like booty, 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 booty everywhere. And I'm like, oh, mine's homegrown. So (laughs) there's that. (laughs) But in 2004, everybody wanted a pancake bomb. And I'm like, I was rocking a booty back then. I should have been killing it. Keep the booty, girl. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I love you. Okay, so what we're going to... Are you familiar with the rapid fire questions? Uh, no, but I'm ready. <laughs> okay, so just as it implies, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. You have to answer as quick as you can. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, who's your favorite spice girl? Oh my God, scary spice. Nachos or tacos? Nachos. A nickname you used to have or you still have? Oh my God, nar nar nar. <laughs> Oh my God, I remember that. I love it. (laughs) If you could travel back in time, where would you go? That's a good one. Maybe to the Poly D concert because that was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Who is your favorite Harry Potter character? Oh, I didn't really get into that. What? I I thought for sure you would have definitely had a character. Listen, I thought Voldemort Putin or wherever he is over there in... I, anyway, I call him Voldemort one day. So I knew I'd right then and there. Everybody knew I was a Harry Potter wannabe. Oh, Voldemort oh. it is. Right, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> He's underestimated me. I think he has some serious mental issues like me. I'd probably relate to him more. <laughs> sunrise or sunset? Oh, sunrise. What is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant? Oh my goodness. I have so many. Oh, I'm going to have to say the pita pit right now because I'm obsessed with their rice bowls. Ooh, they have rice bowls? Yes, it's new and I can't stop. Like Now I'm going to have to go. (laughs) I know, do it. You won't regret. What is your favorite go-to song if you need like a pick-me-up? Oh, Dirty Christina Aguilera because my inner stripper comes out. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) (laughs) If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Oh my God. Talking fast, right? <laughs> we could do that. No <laughs> I got places to go and people to see. <laughs> you're not, I'm not talking too fast. You're listening too slow. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Oh my God. Superpower. I would love a superpower. I would probably just like fly like a bird for real. I would want to fly. Yeah. That's, that's mine too. Um, morning or night person. I'm a morning person. Describe yourself in three words. Oh my God. Loud, ambitious, confident. Yeah. (laughs) If you were stranded on a tropical island and you had all the essential sunscreen, sunglasses, what are two things you would want to have with you? Ooh, pineapple buble and a good book. Mm, I relate to both (laughs) of those, definitely. Uh, Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Jump from a plane. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Oh yeah, ten ten. <laughs> <laughs> protein, protein. <laughs> You're like get all the protein. One <laughs> beetles. <laughs> Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to speak to animals? Oh, I'd speak to animals. Mm, I think mm. so too. That's mine. And yeah. a little bit more of a serious note. But what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier? 
Honestly, it was probably the yesterday's heavy, leave it there. I love that. And I wish I learned that a little earlier in life too, you know, instead of taking on all the burdens and stuff, but definitely yesterday's heavy, leave it there. Leave it there. Don't bring yesterday's baggage into today's world kind of thing. I love that. Well, I can imagine that after everyone listened to this podcast, they're going to want to know where they can find you. Where can people follow you uh, on Instagram, maybe for your inspiration? For sure. Nadine E. Osman. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. So they can find you and be inspired by you and all your awesomeness. Follow my journey. Yes. (laughs) And all the tips, tools, strategies, and just you being you and being real. So Thank you once again for being here. Now, before you go, do you have any last advice or any gold nuggets to share before we end the Um, I think it's just important for women to literally be more kind to yourself, be more kind to your girlfriends. Um, not everybody's stomach bounces back. Maybe that's yours. It's fine. You know, it'll happen. It'll happen for you. Just be consistent, keep pushing, and most importantly, stay happy. Oh, beautiful words. Well, Nadine, thank you so much for being here. I absolutely love you. And for everyone listening, thank you for keeping it real. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well. And let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.